time for the car doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. everyone and welcome to another edition of the car doctor program on salem radio boston my name is john paul the car doctor here to help you with your car problem this is uh Hopefully on a very nice day, wherever you're listening. Uh, if you're listening internationally on the podcast, call us sometime, will you? We want to we hear from the 70,000 people that download the podcast in the UK. I kind of want to just hear from one of them someday, just so we know. Uh, you can be listening online, WROLradio.com or any one of your apps. Uh, we have a great show planned for today. We have with us on the phone uh, former PR guy. Jason Vines, who is turned into quite the author, and his latest book sounds pretty interesting. Jason, good morning, and welcome back to the Car Doctor program. Thank you, John Paul. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. Well, thanks. Uh, so, uh, you're you're turning into quite the author these days. No, I got nothing else to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're so, you know it's better than you know falling into a scotch bottle, I suppose. Yeah, it's true. Um, but I, you know, the first book was difficult to write because it was my first book but i stuck with it and the last two have been really easy they just kind of fly out of me and i'm really excited about the new book because uh, especially because it's the 75th anniversary of jeep uh, maybe the most important brand in american history because it saved so many companies and uh, that's why i'm excited that this book came out two days ago well let's talk about it the last american ceo is the name of it and uh, when you were, when you were putting this book together, what were you, what were your thoughts? I, I was looking at some of the notes about it: sex, lies, conflict of interest, international intrigue, double cross. It sounds like uh, it sounds it sounds more like a uh, 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 Parker mystery novel. It, it, it reads like a spy novel, but it's all true. Um, back a uh, year and a half ago or so, I got a call from Joe Cappy, who was the last American Motors CEO who later became my boss when he moved over to Chrysler and actually got me into PR accidentally. But he called me after he had read my first book, What Did Jesus Drive?, about all the crises I've yep. been in in the auto industry. And he goes, Jason, I didn't talk with him in 10 years. He goes, Jason, I just read your book. He goes, I love it. I go, great. He goes, you've inspired me to write a book. I said, super. He goes, can you help me? I said, sure. <laughs> so he has a place. We both have places in northern Michigan. And uh, I spent two days playing golf and drinking wine and sitting on the porch with him and took his notes that he developed about the, how Chrysler acquired American Motors from Renault, the French automaker. And then I went into just probably 10 hours of interviewing him on the porch about his life and where he grew up in the Wisconsin Dells, how he was a wonderkind at Ford, how his first special project he was on as an accountant was the Edsel of all vehicles. And he, when he first saw the vehicle, he thought it was the ugliest thing he'd ever seen. And, and so I, I, after those two days with him, I went back to my house and over the next month wrote the manuscript for the book and it does read like a spy novel because the first chapter when Chrysler was first talking with Renault that owned American Motors and Jeep, uh, the chairman of Renault, George's Best, was against the deal and pulled away. 
and just a week or two after he pulled away from the deal, he was assassinated on the streets of France, of Paris, right in front of his daughter. Jeez. <laughs> by anarchist terrorists. They were, there was two women pushing a baby buggy down the sidewalk, and he got out of his chauffeured car to go into his house as his daughter looked on from the window. She did every day of the working week. Yep. And as they got closer to him, they pulled uh, guns out of the baby buggy and shot him in the chest and then stood over him and shot him in the head. Wow. That's how the story starts. And, of course, a few weeks later, the talks are back on with best out of the picture. You know, hmm. an unfortunate situation, but yet it, Chrysler decided, Iacocca told Steve Miller, go after him again. We, I want Jeep. And over the next uh, four or five months, they finally negotiated a deal, and uh, Chrysler acquired American Motors and Jeep, importantly. And thank God, because Jeep saved Chrysler from bankruptcy in the early 90s and saved them from actual bankruptcy just a few years ago in 2008. Mm. And still may be doing that, it seems like. But uh, Yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's, it's a money machine between Ram trucks and, and Jeep vehicles and the 300. That's what's keeping Chrysler afloat. Yeah, someone once told me or I heard it on the radio or something, there's no better way to put a story together than uh, sit down with a bottle of wine and a notepad. Yeah, that, and that, it was nothing more than that. And um, But, I mean, Joe had such a rich career. and had so many stories that I didn't know about. And I was his PR guy for a couple of years. But I didn't know that within a couple of weeks after he became the American Motors CEO, his CFO, John Turney, came to him and said, we're out of money. And no bank will lend us any money. And so Joe had the idea to go to Michael Milken. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. The, the junk bond king. Yep, yep. He flew out to, uh, flew out to California. Beverly Hills to meet Michael Milken in his office at 4.30, I believe, in the morning because Michael Milken did not want to miss the stock market taking off at 9.30 East Coast time. So they had two hours with him, with Michael Milken, at 4.30 in the morning to tell him what they needed. Well, Michael was sure he could give, give him the money for AMC to survive, but it dragged on for weeks, and Joe never heard anything. So he was talking to one of Milken's colleagues in New York and saying, I guess this guy isn't the big hot shot he says he is. Well, that guy immediately called Milken and told told Milken what Cappy had said, and, and Milken got ticked off and said, he's not getting any money. And Joe had to eat crow, send him a letter apologizing, and he sent Michael Milken's nine-year-old daughter one of those little tiny battery-operated Jeep vehicles that little yep, kids ride yep. in. And a few days later, they got the money. Wow. And without that, AMC would have gone bankrupt. Yeah, and the the, the price, it was, uh, when AMC got bought and sold, it you know, to, compared to today's prices, it was almost a giveaway, wasn't it? Well, at the time, it was the, big, it was the biggest merger in the history of the auto industry. Yep. By today's standards, yeah, it's it's almost chump change. But it was probably the most brilliant move that Iacocca made at... at at Chrysler, beyond saving Chrysler early after their first brush with bankruptcy, mm. but getting Jeep, he wanted Jeep so bad, yeah, because he knew what it meant. And even though at the time the Jeep vehicles were the quality just was horrendous, but the following was incredible. the The owner loyalty and the demographics are ones that you know Jaguar has. Mm. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 a it's an interesting company the way the way it all worked together and and the importance and like you said the importance of Jeep that iconic name that everybody recognizes and you know whether it was you know veterans coming back from World War II that you know same thing with Harley Davidson I suppose you know they they said you know here here's these Harley Davidsons that are going to be sold and people are going to remember them when they get back and they're going to ride them same kind of kind of a little bit of the same thing with Jeep right absolutely the Wrangler for instance the 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 birthmark of, of Jeep, the, the vehicle that was spawned from the original World War II vehicle, that's a vehicle that people say, I'm going to have one of those one day. You don't say that about a Taurus <laughs> or, or a Camry, that I'm going to have one of those. And, you know, they're rolling bricks, but, you know, when we bought Jeep, I was at Chrysler, I had to have one. I, yep. loved, my, I loved my Wrangler. Uh, despite all of its fobles, and it's amazing the the price of the Wranglers today. They're, you can get up into fifty thousand, and the, they retain their value like like few vehicles. And and when the top is off and the doors are off, it is the greatest vehicle. And Enzo Ferrari called it America's true sports car. Yeah, it. it uh, I don't. I don't know if I'd quite call it America's true sports car, but who am I to disagree with him? But it. But it is. It's amazing. I see these ten-year-old used Jeeps selling for fifteen thousand dollars, and I'm like, who would buy that? And people are waiting in line to buy them. Yeah, and they get. They, I was going to get one for my son a couple years ago. There was a ten-year-old Wrangler at this lot had a hundred thousand miles, and they went at eighteen thousand bucks for it. I'm going, holy moly. This the the beauty of the vehicle early on was that it was very inexpensive. Mm. But it, it's 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 become so iconic. Uh, back in the mid ninety, early to mid nineties, the number one selling car for the Beverly Hills high school students was the Jeep Wrangler. So so goes Beverly Hills. So goes the rest of the world. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, where, as you as you were putting this together, as you were hearing these stories, you talked about one. Was there something you were absolutely sure you knew, and then all of a sudden the story, you know, when Joe told you a story, you're like, oh, I didn't know that. Well, first, the fact that they were on the brink of bankruptcy yep. and had to go to Michael Milken. The fact that he started it for, I knew he started it for it because when I became the head of Ford PR, Joe called me and said, hey, take care of my, my, my company. Uh, when he threw out the whole thing about... The E project, the Edsel. I go. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? You worked on the Edsel, the biggest disaster in the history of the auto industry. He goes, Yeah, God. He goes, That was so ugly. <laughs> and uh, and his fights with, you know, he, he he really did some amazing things in in cleaning up the dealer system. Um, as a young man, a young guy out of Wisconsin, and uh, he was going up, but he had he had little fights with Philip Caldwell, who would become chairman. Uh, he he took the the AMC job when AMC was the the little midget in the auto industry, and uh, he had to work with the French. And um, one of the characters in the in the book, Jose Deloitte, who was kind of in charge of AMC from for Renault, was an incredible womanizer, and he was. Oh, he's French. He's supposed to be. Well, he's actually yeah. he's 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 Alsace Lorraine or oh. he's, Bel- he's Belgium. Oh, okay. He's from Belgium, but but he was an incredible womanizer, and Joe lost complete respect for him because of that. He loved the man at first, but then he realized this guy uh, he he liked to do it, 
and uh, he, he lost a lot of respect for him. Um, and then Joe's moved to to Chrysler and became the head of Jeep Eagle division, and that's where I got involved with Joe. I was uh, the PR. He hired me to be P. I didn't hire me. He uh, he uh, put me in that position. I was going to go into marketing for him, and he goes, "Can you do PR instead?" Because we just fired the PR guy. I go, "Yeah, what's the difference? Marketing, PR." I soon learned the difference between marketing and PR, but I had to launch the Eagle brand, which was a really bad idea. Mm. Really bad idea. Um, we had one good car, the Premier, which was good at the start, and, and the quality degraded every year. It went from the best car in Chrysler's lineup to the worst. We did have one great vehicle at Eagle, and that was a Talon. That was made in a mm. joint effort with Mr. Mitsubishi. Yeah. yeah, it was a great car. But there wasn't enough marketing dollars behind it. Uh, Chrysler screwed the Jeep Eagle dealers by by rebadging the Premier as the Dodge Monaco. Mm. And the Dodge dealers are a behemoth and had so much marketing behind them that they soon outsold the Premier. People just escaped. They, they could put so much money on the, on the hood of a Monaco compared to Premier that no one would buy a Premier. So the, the brand was doomed. It was a bad idea. It was one of Iacocca's only bad ideas. He always wanted a brand called Eagle because mm. it was patriotic, but it was a bad idea. Mm. I mean, you had Eagle, Eagle condensed milk. You had Eagle snacks. You had Eagle this, Eagle that. We didn't need it. We didn't need a division called Eagle. And yeah. it was a major failure. Thank God there was Jeep. <laughs> well, you know, just between you and me, no one's listening. Should should Chrysler? <laughs> wait, wait. Seventy thousand uh, Brits. Are yeah. Listening. Should should. Uh, should uh, Chrysler stop selling cars and just focus on Ram and Jeep? No. Uh, no. See, I'm very critical of that right now. And I'm worried because I have a ton of friends there. I spent most of my career there. I think uh, Sergio Marchionne is making a mistake because they're they're putting such a huge emphasis on Ram trucks and Jeep vehicles. And they basically said we're not going to make small cars or mm. even mid-sized yeah. cars yeah. anymore. That uh, we have a very volatile world, mm. and uh, we could have the Iranians hit one of our ships in the Strait of Hormuz and create an international conflict. Gas prices, which are ridiculously cheap right now, could shoot. Back, you know, they're two twenty nine here in Michigan. They could shoot up to four fifty almost overnight. Yeah, and and that's what happened in two thousand five, two thousand six, when the gas spike hit, which sent the automakers reeling. They couldn't, they couldn't do an about face quick enough because they were so reliant on heavy, on, on truck sales and so forth, where all the money is. And they got caught with their pants down. Yeah. What happened? General Motors and Chrysler went bankrupt, and Ford would have gone bankrupt if either one of them would have collapsed because yeah. the supplier base would have collapsed. So uh, Sergio's putting all of his eggs in one basket yeah. again. And if 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 the you know what hits the fan. You can lose so much money so fast in the auto industry. You can make a lot of money. You don't make Google money. You don't make Facebook money or Apple money. But you still make a lot of money. Yeah. But you lose money faster than, I think, any other industry in the world. Well, and I think historically, if you look back at the early days of the auto industry, they all went bankrupt, right? Oh, there's been 180 car companies. Yeah. And, and that's what's told also in the book, my new book, The Last American CEO, how a... Good job with that, by the way. Good job with that, bringing that up. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
how AMC came to it. They were they they started in the early part of the 20th century, and they were always the small guy, and they got bought by somebody else. And it was it was Durant who worked for General Motors who got mad at the guys at General Motors and founded his own company and. And they, it was so incestuous mm. inside the auto industry. I mean, most of the auto makers started as bicycle manufacturers or or uh, um, carriage manufacturers, mostly in the Flint, Michigan, Detroit area. They and with Henry Ford and the others, they started making cars. And but they all knew each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a, it's a, I tried to in the book give you the history of American Motors as quickly as I could with, without dragging you down and mm. being a car history book but give you a flavor of how this this company was always on the edge of, of great success or just going down the toilet. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's a, that part of it is a fun, I'm pretty proud of that because to take all, you, I mean there's whole history books on American Motors that are 800 pages and you just go, you don't want to shoot yourself after you're reading mm. because it's just so laborious. But in, I think three or four chapters, I tell you how Jeep and American Motors came into being. You know, Jeep, of course, from World War II. Mm-hmm. And, um, hey, uh, George Marshall and the Marshall Plan called the Jeep vehicle America's greatest weapon in World War II. Mm. No, it, it, you know, this, this book, this book, you know, I, I usually ask people, who was your audience for this book? But this is, the audience for this book could be... It could be uh, an automotive historian. It could be uh, it could be somebody who just kind of has a general interest, or it could be my wife who likes just a good story. Yeah, and that's why I was I was very happy when we got done with it because it, you know it, it does read like a spy thriller because there's backdoor deals, there's there's intrigue, there's as we said, sex lies and videotape, and <laughs> there's double crosses. How how they absolutely screwed the the. Uh, the auto workers in yep. Kenosha, Wisconsin, yep. absolutely screwed them. Yeah, and uh, it's sad. And I'm a, hey, I'm a, I'm a rabid Republican uh, capitalist. But uh, it, the truth is, the the UAW employees in Kenosha, Wisconsin, thousands of them got mm. absolutely screwed yep. by the deal. Um, they were going to sign their new agreement the day that the Chrysler purchase was announced. They they called Joe Cappy and said, don't sign the UAW agreement. Don't sign it. And so they were able to not give the UAW what they had agreed upon in the negotiations. And mm. within a few years, almost all the operations in Kenosha, Wisconsin, were closed. Mm. We're talking about, they were supposed to have 5,000 jobs there. We got down to 50. And so... Yeah, I don't think it's a very proud moment in Chrysler history. And, of course, uh, if you talk to people in Kenosha, Wisconsin, that were involved, they hate Lee Iacocca for it. Yeah. They thought he, they wanted him to be president at first when the deal was announced and when when they got double-crossed. They, mm. he's, he's vilified forever. Yeah. And, and, and too bad, because he's, uh, he's a friend of mine, and he's a great man. And he saved the company, and he saved the dealers, and... And everybody associated with that, and you know how how far and wide mm, that goes. Absolutely, it's not, just, it's not just the people in the plants. Well, the book uh, came out. You said a couple days ago, correct? And on Amazon dot um, com. Okay. Last the last American CEO. 
And my suggestion also is Google your name to find your other books because great reads, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, What Would Jesus Drive or your other book, which... Yeah, the first one was what I, everybody gets this wrong, oh, yeah. including, including me. What, what, what did Jesus, Jesus drive? drive? Yep. But you'll learn about what would Jesus drive in the book. That yeah. book is done exceptionally well. It talks about all the crises I've been in, uh, the Ford Firestone Tire Crisis of 2000, 2001, when I went to Nissan and they were on the brink of bankruptcy, and even a couple chapters of when I went to a Bible company in western Michigan to help, help them navigate through retranslation of the most popular Bible in the world. And you wouldn't think there was a crisis in the Bible world, but hold your hold the phone until you read it. Yeah. The second book, I can can we say the title of the second book on the air? Actually, you can. Oh, okay. Uh, because <laughs> I, I've become a, a regular guest host on WJR, the biggest uh, station in the Midwest in Detroit. And we made sure before I did an interview that we could say it. The second book is a compilation of my columns from the Detroit News Political website. It's called Jimmy Hoffa Called My Mom a Bitch, Profiles in Stupidity. And this book, you, you, you understand the title right at the very beginning of the book. Yeah, you think? There is, <laughs> there is, there is actually method to the madness in that book. Uh, but that, that's a compilation. It's a, it's a fun read because you can read a chapter and then put it down. Mm. Yeah, the, the thing I loved about my first book, the, What Did Jesus Drive, is a couple people, a couple journalists read it in one sitting um, because they just said it's a page-turner. Mm. This one I, I, is a page-turner, too. Um, and it's, it's, it's uh, 250 pages. It's not, a, it's not a long book. I didn't want to make it an unnecessarily long book. I'm not Hillary Clinton and writing hard decisions, 900 pages. And by the way, I didn't get a $9 million advance either. But it, it, it's the necessary length. But a couple people read it in one sitting because they said, God, I just want to know what's going to happen next. What's going to happen next? Well, and, uh, go ahead. And, and it's all true. Well, I think that's the best part of it. It's got uh, it's got mystery, intrigue, you know, corruption, and it's all true. It's not it's not like this, and and it's all true from the guy who was involved in it. So, well, it's funny because a lot of uh, big time Chrysler and, and AMC execs got early copies, and they would send Joe Cappy, who I wrote it with, yep. uh, send us emails going, "I didn't know this." I'm thinking, "How is it you didn't know this stuff happened?" But everybody has their little piece of the pie, not all of it. Mm. Joe had it all. And that's what was exciting about the book. And, and it's what I'm coming back to Detroit uh, in mid-October with Joe, and we're speaking to the National Chrysler Retire Organization, which is huge, just 6,000 people. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's, it'll be 350 there, standing room only. And, and I've had so much outreach from these people saying, we can't wait for this, because they all lived it. They all, all these people lived a part of it. Because you think about the Chrysler people that are retired now, they went through a near bankruptcy in the early 80s when Iacocca came in and saved the day. We were almost bankrupt in 1992. Without Jeep, we would have been bankrupt and would have gone out of business because there was nobody else in bankruptcy. And then, of course, in 2008, they really do go bankrupt. And thank God, Chrysler should... Everybody at Chrysler should bow south to General Motors because if Chrysler would have gone bankrupt by themselves in 2008, Congress would have said, we have too much capacity, goodbye. Nice run, goodbye. Mm. But because it was both Chrysler and GM, they saved them both. And they saved the supplier. 
with supplier companies, and yep. they saved Ford. And to be honest, quite frankly, I told you before, I'm a capitalist. They saved the U.S. economy because had any of those automakers gone down, we would have had the Great Recession would have, I believe, become a depression yeah. because of the reach of the auto industry. I, I was just uh, glancing at the Amazon reviews. Uh, even if you don't care about the auto, auto industry, you'll find this book a compelling read. You'll want to know more. Five stars. Joe never lost sight of his ultimate goals. Uh, what a great story. I felt like I was riding along. Those are just some of the reviews. I recommend this book to anyone interested in the workings of the automotive industry. The truth is stranger than fiction and worth reading. Another, They're all five-star reviews. So, uh, you know, great stuff on Amazon. And for people like me who don't read, it's on, also on Amazon Auto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the way my wife likes it. Uh, the, she likes the audio books. I can't. Uh, I don't like them that way. A lot of people, more and more people like it that way. I, I still have a tactile. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, my wife is the same way. I commute 100 miles, so. Yeah, well, I, well, I still buy a newspaper every morning yep. because I, I like to read it with in my hands. And, and uh, But it, that's the way of the world, and, you know, it's, it's so hard to find a bookstore anymore. No. Uh, Amazon's just killing everybody but hey they're my best friend this book this book was number one like three or four times in the last two weeks two or three weeks in certain categories yep. like murders and acquisition that's kind of cool saying hey this is the number one book in the country that's something i can never say so hey jason <laughs> always a, always a pleasure uh check out go on amazon uh check out the book uh but like i said to my listeners you know just google your name look at all your books they're all great barbara's sending me out a book we're gonna we're gonna give it away to one of our listeners in the next week or so uh and i know they'll enjoy it thanks john and again the book title is last american ceo uh as always i appreciate you giving me some time to uh pay the bills absolutely thank you john see you take care bye-bye that was Jason Vines. He is he's just he's a great guy, former former uh corporate uh executive with Chrysler and, and Ford and he, and strangely enough, or maybe not, stand up comedian. He did a little stand up comedy before. So uh I think he I think he was friends with um what's his name? Tim Allen. I think Tim Allen got him got him into it. So uh but a great guy, been around for a while. He was at uh, when John White retired from the Boston Globe as the auto writer of the Boston Globe, Jason Vines was at the event uh, doing a little doing a little talk about uh, John White. We need to take a break, pay some bills. We've been a little longer than I thought, so why don't we pay some bills? You're listening to the Car Doctor program on Salem Radio Boston, AM nine fifty WROL, AM twelve sixty WBIX. We'll be right back. One day the next day gone Sometimes you bend, sometimes you stand Sometimes you turn your back to the wind There's a world outside the dark and door Where blues won't haunt you anymore With a brave eye free and lover's soul Come ride with me to the distant shore We won't hesitate Break down the garden gate There's not much time left today
you dread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, Ira and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all of the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800 280-3517. That's 800-280-3517. Roxbury Latin School, Belmont Hills School, Dexter Southfield, Boston Latin School. Behind me is a partial list of top quality schools in our area, and all of these schools, all of them, are made even better by graduates of South Boston Catholic Academy. South Boston Catholic Academy is a special place where a faith-based education thrives, where vibrant learning and academic excellence are the norm. High student expectations, enviable teacher qualifications, strong 21st century technology, and Boston is our extended classroom. At South Boston Catholic Academy, our Catholic faith is a key component of our understanding of optimal child development. Our emphasis is on creating moral citizens, building community, embracing the idea of service to others, and Developing leadership skills. Father Robert Casey and Principal Nancy Carr work closely to ensure that all faiths feel welcome for the absolute best for your child. Learn much more at sbcatholicacademy.org. Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program on Salem Radio Boston. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor. If you would like to join us, our phone number is 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. Get through and talk to us about your car, your your car problems, I don't know, whatever's on your mind this morning. Uh, we will uh, try to help you the best we can. Um, again, Jason, Jason Vines, check out the book. Uh, find it on Amazon and... Uh, Give it a give it a read. We are getting a copy, at least one, I think, uh, that uh, we will we will give away to a listener at some point. And speaking of things to give away, it's time for trivia. So, and kind of American Motors based. What was the uh, name of the Rambler named after a fish? What was the name of the Rambler made after a fish? Hopefully it's not more than one. It was the first thing that came to my mind. So what was the name of a Rambler named after a fish? Give us a call at 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. And we will send you out, I don't know, a prize. Lately I've been doing a prize, well, envelope technically. But it's had a bunch of AAA branded stuff in it. Uh, water bottle, koozie, tire gauge, flashlight. I don't know. Whatever, whatever I've been taking off the shelf 
that uh, technically doesn't belong to me, but, you know, it does. So if you know the answer, what was the rambler named after a fish? And maybe if, well, I'm going to say fish. I'm going to say fish. If you know the answer, give us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And at the same time, it's a good time to talk about the car that got me here today, which was the all-new Jaguar XE. Yes, I did a Jaguar XE review not long ago. Uh, it's a four-door sedan that competes with the likes of uh, three, four-series BMW, Audi A4, maybe a Cadillac ATS. There are three models and several trim levels. Power choices are a three-liter V6 a 2-liter four-cylinder gasoline engine, and a 2-liter diesel. Our test car was the XE uh, diesel prestige version. It's powered by the 2-liter diesel connected to an 8-speed automatic transmission that powers the rear wheels. Uh, And there is all-wheel drive optional on some models. On the road, the Jaguar is fun to drive. The 180-horsepower uh, diesel engine is not just torquey, it's responsive. It's also very economical. A trip to 60 miles an hour, I would guess, takes about 8 seconds. I didn't actually measure it, but seat of the pants guess, I would say somewhere in the high 7s or so. Uh, when driven reasonably, fuel economy is fantastic. 43 miles per gallon, according to the computer display. Uh, the window sticker... Uh, when it comes down to fuel and comes in, uh, consumption, just says to be determined. Well, I determined it to be in the 40s mile per gallon range. Uh, the eight-speed transmission is nicely matched to the performance of of the car. It's uh, I wasn't sure how good this transmission was going to feel because it worked really well with the supercharged V6, which was twice the horsepower. Uh, when pushed hard, there's a little bit of a growl from the exhaust and not much diesel rumble, which uh, except for when this morning, for instance, was a good example. It was in the 40s this morning. I started up a little bit of diesel rattle, but nothing nothing you would even notice. Uh, but the other day, when it was a warm morning, first time it started up, you wouldn't even know it was a diesel. It was quiet as could be. The handling is... Uh, Rivals any European sports sedan while still retaining a pretty comfortable ride. This model seems a little firmer than the last one I drove. A little bit more, you feel the potholes a little bit more. Could be different tires design, could be suspension differences, could be because it's a diesel and maybe there's a little bit more weight. Uh, the electronic power steering lacks a little bit of road feel, um, but it's uh, better than some Eh, not as good as some others. Brakes are powerful, easily modulated. Safety is addressed with a full complement of airbags, stability control, you know, Parking sensors, backup cameras, all that stuff that's in just about every car today. The interior of the Jaguar is generally quite nice. The front seats are comfortable and supportive with an abundance of headroom. Um, The front seat area feels really roomy. The rear seat, on the other hand, leg, leg and headroom were pretty tight, especially when the front seats are pushed all the way back. Fit and finish was quite nice, although some materials... Maybe not as upscale as some other Jaguar models, but again, price contributes to that. The seats were comfortable. Um... But overall, I felt like the windows are smaller. You feel like you're sitting a little bit low in the car. Um, just it's something that if you're going to drive it, you need to you need to make sure you drive it for a while and make sure you like it. The other thing is it has a very wide uh, pillar between the front and back seats. And if the passenger is sitting back, or even if there's no passenger, the passenger seat is just back, all of a sudden now you have a pretty wide pillar there plus the head restraint in the way, so you're blocking a fair amount of vision off to the side. So again, kind of be a little bit careful about that. The controls are a bit of a hodgepodge. Some are well-placed, and others 
just seemed weird. The window controls aren't where I expect them to be. Um, but it's just it's just me. The infotainment system, you know me with Jaguar and Land Rover infotainment systems. I just don't like them. They're too touchscreen oriented, even though they have redundant controls. The navigation system, I used it yesterday. It's just, it's just, it's not my favorite. Um, in fact, I used it and compared it to my phone, and I have an older iPhone, and I kind of like the kind of like the phone better. It was easier to use, and it just seemed easier. I don't know. Um, I would like to see a few more knobs. Even things like there was a the radio volume knob is sort of a little bit buried in the dash. Um, funny things happen. You go to back up and you, you lose some of the control. The, you know, the backup camera comes on, so now all of a sudden you can't turn the volume down, or at least that's what it seemed like. Decent-sized glove compartments, storage bins, uh, a decent-sized trunk. I had uh, I had it uh, filled yesterday with, I did a presentation up at um, uh, the Holy, I think the Holy Family Hospital up in Methuen yesterday, and I uh, had a whole bunch of stuff in it, plus a big box, and, it, you know, everything fit in there, so somebody going away for the weekend, it should be fine. Bottom line, although uh, some may think the latest Jaguar didn't take enough chances, overall, with its style, uh, it is a true competitor in its class. There's no question about that. A combination of engines, all-wheel drive availability, uh, good ride and handling, really BMW and Audi and others need to take notice. Uh, it can seat five, better four. Fuel is diesel. Miles per gallon to be determined according to the window sticker. Uh, like I said, I got in the 40s, which was pretty good. Base price on this car, 42.9 as tested, 53.4. Um crash test they haven't done that yet it does have a compact spare you would shop it against like i said bmw audi and cadillac well then let's see who has an answer to what i guess is a relatively simple question but let's see so the question was what was the rambler model named after a fish of sorts let's go with uh mike first michael yes good morning how are you good how are you I'm going to guess it was a marlin. You were correct. It was a marlin. I, I, I remember seeing one in the old Quincy shipyard in the late 60s. The guy used to bring it in. It reminded me a lot of the old Dodge uh, Charge, the original Charge. Absolutely, both, yep. They both had the same kind of look. So, uh, so somebody somebody said to me once because they went they actually kind of went looking for him. They said I'm pretty convinced they used to make them and they had a crusher at the end of the assembly line. So they made them, crushed them, made them, crushed them. Because you didn't see too many, but every once in a while at a good at a good car show, yep. they'll pop up every once in a while. And you, you're right, you kind of look at it and go that that sort of fastback charger of the late '60s, it, it, pretty close, pretty yep. close. Yep, it was. And also, while I'm on the line, let me give a plug to one of your sponsors or friends as the guys up in Randolph, the audio guys. Okay. They did a, a wonderful job installing a uh, uh, a brand new Kenwood stereo in my Miata. And just what it, it looks like it's right out of the factory. What a wonderful job they did. Yeah, the guys at Auto Toys, they, uh, Dave and his crew up there do a nice job. They've been in it for a long time. They're fussy about what they do. So that's so that's kind of nice and, and nice to nice to hear as well. So uh, I'll tell you what, you stay stay on hold and Karen will get down your address and we'll send you out a bunch of stuff you probably don't know what to do with afterwards. But you can, you can give it away for Christmas. Thank you very much. All right. Stay right there. Okay, Karen will take care of that. Uh, yeah, Dave and the crew at Auto Toys, they do a good job. We get we get there usually around Christmas time. Uh, they do a lot of remote car starters. And it's interesting. I um, 
I answered, or I, I had a question in the uh, Best Ride blog. If you, uh, our buddy Craig Fitzgerald, he he pretty much runs the Best Ride blog, and uh, so if you go to Best Ride and then look at the uh, 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 DIY section, it says. So that's where he's kind of got me. But someone wrote in. They had a Highlander that needed a. It had a multi-disc CD player, and the CD player broke. And it's not a new Highlander. I think it was a 2003. And they wanted to know, you know, what were some alternatives because they were trying to be a little bit on a budget. And it was um, the, a, a replacement CD player was a couple thousand dollars. Now, sure, you could buy one used. And even used, they were five or 600 on eBay. Um, a couple of alternatives. And one of them was, uh, you know, almost everybody has an iPhone or iPad pod or i something or other uh you can get a and it's sort of like toyota thought this through you pull out the radio on the back of the radio there's an empty plug you go buy an ipod interface kit it plugs right into the back of the radio that's all you do and then there's a, a wire for if you don't have an ipod it's for something that would plug into a headphone jack or the regular lightning cable or the older style um, ipod cable and you just sort of dangle that under the dash somewhere, hook your phone into it. If you, Again, if you have an iPod or an iPhone, hook your phone into it. If you have all your music uh, onto your phone, now all of a sudden you have better than five CDs. You have probably the equivalent of hundreds of songs that you can store on your phone. And you can control it with the controller on the radio. So it's a it's it's really is just like a regular interface for uh, on some newer cars. And you can buy those kits. I saw one on... Amazon for as little as $40. So even if you were afraid to take the radio out, which only takes about 45 minutes to take it out and put it back in, and it, there's there's not even any wiring involved. Um, Craig, when he put the story together, also mentioned um, there was other ways that you could wire in something. He actually uh, he actually mentioned another company, but this one's so much easier, and it's it's easy and plugs in nice and simple, just a good way to go. Let's talk to uh, Rick. If you would like to join us, our phone number is 617-770-3030. We'll be... Rick? Well, that won't work for me. I've still got a flip phone. Do you? Yeah. Well, my wife has the next step away from a flip phone, and she gave up her flip phone begrudgingly, I guess is the right word, because it was an old Motorola Razor phone, and it was it was perfect. It was a great little phone. Yeah. Well, here's my question for you. You, you, just like you did a Jaguar car review today, what are the rules that the different uh, automotive companies and corporations and that uh, have you worked under for doing the rules, doing the reviews? The rules. I can't use it for political fundraising. I can't drive it to New York City and park it overnight. I can't go to Canada or Mexico. I can't have a dog in it, and I can't smoke in it. Uh-huh. That's about that's that's about oh I can't use it for racing unless I get prior permission. Okay, so you can't speed test it. Uh, not uh, depends who you are, but well, you know can can road and track do that? Sure they can. Can I do that? I don't want to break a car and then have to call the car company up and say I broke your car because they do come directly from the car manufacturer. So, um, so yeah, I don't want to I don't want to do that. So, so you so you weren't supposed to. Uh, 
be stopped by a police officer on the way to New York City one night. Yeah, no, that was that was yeah, that was three thirty in the morning, and uh, I was speeding. You're you are correct, and uh, uh, but no, uh, you know, but as far as taking it to, well, I think this is like the. 50th anniversary of New England Dragway or something like that, 100th anniversary, I don't know, some some anniversary of New England Dragway. You know, could I take a, uh, a Dodge Hellcat and bring it to New England Dragway? Not without prior permission. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can go there. You just put it in the parking lot. Yeah, I could do that. I could do that. Uh, a few years ago, I, I would happened to be driving a 2000, I guess it was last year, 2007, 2016 Corvette the new Corvette, the C7, and I went by a car show that was taking place over in Raynham at the dog track, and it was early. They were kind of just setting up. It was probably just about 5 o'clock. I was coming home from doing something somewhere, and uh, I pulled in and parked. They waved me in, and I parked, and I walked around and looked at the cars, and by then, then I go back, and there's five other Corvettes parked next to the one I drove up in, but I was just looking for a place to park. I wasn't actually, I didn't plan on putting the car in the show, but uh, <laughs> people were taking pictures of it, and, you know, so then then I felt guilty. I, I let, opened the hood up for a while and walked back around and talked to more people about cars. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's those kind of things, but, yeah, they have, they have specific rules about uh, racing, smoking, uh, you're you're responsible for things, uh, um, and uh, you know you. I guess you could use a car in a parade, but you can't you can't you can't put you know uh, you know somebody for president on the side of it. Things like that. They don't they don't want their cars associated. You know that kind of way. You know, good or bad for whatever reason. So, um, but yeah, there is there is an agreement that I have to sign, and and you know they also say that you know you you uh, we bring it to you in good condition, and you need to bring it back in good condition. So. Well, I guess you could put Miss Boston in there, but you couldn't put Marty Walsh in it. Uh, well, yeah, you know, I could, yeah, I could, yeah, I could put. You're right. I could probably, uh, you know, who's ever who's ever trying to win Miss USA pageant. Maybe I could, I could, yeah, I could put her in there, but yeah, I couldn't put Marty in there. And be in trouble with your wife. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know. <laughs> hey, Rick, always good to hear from you. Yeah, bye. All right, take care. Bye, bye. Over to line two, I think. Johnny. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, quick question for you. I have a 2014 Honda CRV. Yeah. It has uh, 5,000 miles on it. It's only had one oil change. And uh, my, it's my wife's, and she works for a school system, so she doesn't drive it all that much in the summer months. Uh, so I took it out after sitting for like two, maybe two weeks. And the brakes kind of started grinding. Yep. So I brought it into the dealer, and they're telling me, oh, because you let it sit, a film builds up on the rotors. And uh, you apply the brakes, it digs in. They wanted to return the rotors, $230. And I'm thinking, this car's got 5,000 miles. Mm. And I just don't buy it. I, I cut metal all day. I'm a machinist. And you're going to tell me a film builds up that's going to dig into the rotors? I just don't buy it. Uh, well, half the story's true, I guess. Um, yeah, brake rotors will get rusty if they sit still. They're, they're yeah, you know, won't that rust just kind of come off as yep, you drive? Yep. Yeah, you know, my wife's car sat for a couple of weeks. Uh, and I got in it. I got in. I started up, and it was. It sounded like metal on metal brakes. It was, you know. And uh, but after driving it for a couple hours, it pretty much went away. 
Really? Yeah. And in worst case, in you know, and you think about that. How many car, you know, how many CRVs or any other car sit on a car lot and don't move for weeks at a time, and they're going over there and washing them every other day with a you know a pressure washer, and you know the brake rotors are getting you know getting soaked, and you look at them and they're golden brown afterwards because they build up a film of rust. There yeah, are some, yeah, there are some brake rotors that they can get really, really bad and they'll get so pitted that they'll actually start to make some noise and you look at them and you're like, what did they make these things out of? Recycled tuna fish cans or something? You know, they don't look like they were made out of steel at all or iron at all. They're just really rusty. But I, you know, normally just a little bit of normal driving, regular brake application, uh, you know, even back up with the brakes on a little bit is enough to knock all the rust off. I mean, I looked at the rotors and it did did seem like it dug in a little bit in one spot, but and and you know the dealer. I'm thinking two hundred and thirty dollars. Yeah, and the other the other problem is every time you research and you you know this better than I do. Every time you every time you grind something, you take metal off. The more metal you take off, the more likely those rotors are going to get hot and warp. So I don't want. I I would just try to just. Uh, uh, you know, just drive it, drive it normally for a few days. Uh, maybe a couple of sharp brake applications, not yep. panic stop, and and see what happens. I, you know, on a on a car that's only got five thousand miles on it, I, I wouldn't be putting brake rotors uh, resurfacing the brake rotors. Yeah, they actually did it for nothing. Cause oh, okay. They, they kind of started to do it, and they said, "Yeah, that's going to be two hundred and thirty bucks." I said, "Drop the car right now. Give me the keys." You'll never see me or this car again. Yeah. Three, three new cars here, and you're going to tell me a car with five thousand miles? Mm. I need a two hundred and thirty dollar. And then they fixed it, and it probably took them maybe ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, if they're they're probably turning the rotors right on the car, so they're not even taking the rotors off. So they have it on the car lathe. That's just amazing. yeah. The other thing, the other thing too, you might you, you really want to change your oil on this at least once a year. By the way. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we. I do. I. I did change. Yeah. I change it once. I do change it. Yeah. Even though it only had three thousand miles. Yeah, it's still a good idea because the oil still picks up moisture. So, and especially some short distance driving, it gets a little contamination. It never really gets hot enough to boil the moisture out of it. So, changing oil on it once a year is a good idea. All right. Hey, uh, can I ask you one more? Absolutely. Question? All right. I have a twenty eleven Honda Accord. Okay. Forty five thousand miles on it, and again brought it to the dealer for an oil change. Oh, your brake fluid's starting to get dirty. You need to have your brake fluid changed. I'm thinking, you're out of your mind. The car's got 40,000 miles. The brake, how can the brake fluid be so bad that it needs to be changed at 130 bucks a whack? Uh, yeah, I... Yeah, I mean, some cars actually do have a, a, a regular maintenance where you're supposed to, every couple of years, you're supposed to change the brake fluid. Uh, some uh, yeah, Ford Ford had that. I, I'm not sure if Honda has that or not. It may or may not. Um, but there, you know, there are some fluids that they say, "Oh yeah, you should change it." My feeling is that generally, whenever you um, whenever you do any brake work to the car, that's also a good excuse to make sure you change the brake fluid. Uh, yeah. Brake fluid, like oil, even more than oil, picks up moisture. It's uh, it, it just, uh, if you you know, the caps lose. That's like they always say, when you add brake fluid to a car, always take it from a sealed container, because if you leave a, a can of brake fluid, a bottle of brake fluid open, it just sucks the moisture right out of the air, and then you end oh, up with, well. uh, yeah, then you end up with uh, weird 
breaking action. But generally speaking, uh, you know, some people will say, and you know, and there's and there's nothing wrong with it to say, well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to uh, uh, change the brake fluid in my car every few years. Uh, some people I know used to they used to have a the equivalent of a turkey baster hopefully they're not using it for their turkey and go out and it suck out a few ounces of brake fluid every oil change and add some fresh brake fluid and that sort of mixes in with the fluid that's there and helps prevent that sort of thing from happening some good repair shops kind of used to do that as a regular regular thing to do uh unless it's unless honda said somewhere in the maintenance of the vehicle that they said you know hey look you know we want you to change your brake fluid every X amount of times, I would just say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to just, um, I'm just, I'm just going to change it. I'm just going to change it when it needs to be changed. And uh, you know, when when we do the brakes, then we'll do the we'll t- worry about the brake fluid then. Uh, but other than that, I don't think I'd worry too much about it. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I looked at it and it didn't look that it didn't look dirty to me at all. I, you know, nothing against the dealerships, but they're they're in business to make a buck and. If they tell if they tell a hundred people, oh, you need your brake fluid done, half of them are going to say yes. So oh, sure, yeah. And like I said, most of the time, the way I look at it, you know, you said you got what forty thousand on this one. Yep. You know, your brakes are probably two thirds worn at this point. Yep. By the time you need brakes on the car, that's a good time. You put pads in it. You you do the rotors and you flush out the brake fluid. Then. Yep, I agree. Okay. Awesome. All right. Thanks. All right. Take care, John. Bye bye. We need to take another break. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. If you would like to join us, phone lines are open right now at 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. Get into my car. Yes, you. Get into my car. Dread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, Ira and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all of the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800-280-3517. That's 800-280-3517. Living in and around Boston is expensive, but that shouldn't stop you from calling at home. City of Boston Credit Union is here to help with low-rate mortgages, home equity loans, first-time buyer programs, and more. And because they're member-owned, they treat each member like they want to be treated, like people, not credit scores. City of Boston Credit Union, uniquely Boston. For today's rates, visit cityofbostoncu.com or call 617-635-4545. Equal housing lender, all loans subject to credit approval. NMLS number 403469. What if the only way you had to feed your family was stolen from you by a cruel disease? For the farmer whose hands are now useless, leprosy is a cruel thief. Leprosy's power to cripple, disfigure, and shame is as strong as it's ever been. But American Leprosy Missions is working to change this, and you can help. You can stop leprosy. 
Right now, you have an incredible opportunity to help and heal children who are suffering. Because it costs only $90 to cure leprosy in three people, you can be the source of their healing. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. Give now to help those suffering with leprosy. Call American Leprosy Missions right now. 800-443-0838. 800-443-0838. That's 800-443-0838. Or give online at StopLeprosyNow.com. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Did you notice all the new music? Thank Karen for that. She's added some new music. Being creative, taking a little ownership of the show. Next thing, next thing you know, I can take a day off and she can be here just by herself. It would be all good. Yeah. Uh, well, her and Paul, Paul Sullivan can come in. They can do it together. Paul can come in early and it will be fine. Uh, it was uh, inspection time for my car today. My poor old uh, going on. Well, technically, it's technically it's 10 years old. My 10-year-old, really, by age of the vehicle, it's 9, but technically it's 10-year-old. Hyundai Santa Fe. And I went over to go see uh, Buddy Junior D'Amato over in Hyde Park. He's got his shop in Hyde Park and another one in Middleborough, uh, Junior's Automotive. And people said to me, why do you go all the way into Hyde Park to get an inspection sticker? Because he opens really early. He's a workaholic. He never stops working. And I... I think he opens his shop. There's someone there at 6. Um, he was a little behind. I think he got stuck in traffic. The same traffic I got stuck in. I left the house around quarter of 6. And it took me an hour and 15 minutes to get there. I don't think I got there till 7-ish. And um, he he was... Uh, he was just putting his work, work boots on at that point. But uh, But, you know, I go there. I get a good inspection. They they actually do check it out. You know, they, he doesn't he doesn't just trust me. <laughs> he checks it out and makes sure it's okay. Uh, but um, they they do a good job. And by the time I I probably left there, because I had to go from there to Lynn, and so I wasn't in as much of a hurry to go sit in Boston traffic. But I bet he took in three or four customers' cars, fixed one. Uh, one had one had an, an inspection problem. They uh, they had to I think they had to put an oxygen sensor or something in. So they were just letting it reset. And uh, he had uh, uh, Bobby, his, one of his guys that's been with him forever, was uh, was there and he was working away. And his uh, one of his other guys was there, Richie his, Richie Riley, who's who's uh, always there, was was not always there. He was on vacation this week. So, but but you know. I'll go back to, you know, if you're looking for a good diagnostic guy, uh, Junior's Automotive, good place to go. They're open uh, Monday through Friday in Hyde Park, and they're open on Saturdays in down in Middleborough, uh, the shop in Middleborough. Junior's usually there on Saturdays, too. So, uh, But he's a knowledgeable guy, been around for a long time. We talked about a little bit of everything while we were there, which is uh, which is one of the other reasons I like going there. It's... Uh, I always have, always have fun when I stop by and see him. So uh, uh, 1318 River Street in Hyde Park, 
um, in his place in Middleborough. You'll see it go around the rotary, and you'll find it right, right down, right down on twenty eight. So, Herb Chambers is having their last cars and coffee event uh, Sunday, October 9th uh, at BMW Sudbury. Uh, uh, it says here, rev up your engines, light up the clutch, press down on the pedal, and head over to the final Herb Chambers cars and coffee event. What PR person wrote this, please? Uh, on Sunday, October 9th, Herb will host uh, the early morning meetup of classic vintage and special car owners and enthusiasts from all of New England at his Herb Chambers BMW of Sudbury, uh, located on Route 20. Uh, the seasonal events series invites car enthusiasts to Herb Chambers dealerships throughout Massachusetts to showcase their pride and joy rides while admiring prized hardware and other automotive uh, stuff that's there. Herb Chambers always uh, has looked to gather people who are passionate about cars. In fact, he was talking to an auto writer, and the auto writer said, yeah, my girlfriend's not really that, she's not a big fan of the car culture, and he just looked at her and said, get rid of her. <laughs> so uh, grab a cup of coffee, come and exchange some stories of what makes cars unique. Uh, so it's going to be at Herb Chambers, BMW in Sudbury. That's on Boston Post Road, Route 20, uh, Sunday, October 9th. And uh, Herb usually has one of his interesting cars there. Uh, I'm not sure what will be there, but uh, he usually has something interesting, one of his own cars that's there. So, uh, But he is an automotive enthusiast. He likes to talk about the business. I mean, he's a true, you know billionaire business guy but still but still always interesting guy to talk to rb racing charity charity donates two vans to uh the hope lodge in memory of race car legend ron bouchard uh the inaugural uh ron bouchard race for a cure golf tournament successfully raised funds to donate two new honda odyssey vans to hope lodge in worcester the vans are a uh, vital lifeline for cancer patients traveling back and forth from Hope Lodge in Worcester to Boston Hospitals for cancer treatment. The Ron Bouchard Race for a Cure tournament also served as a tribute to uh, Ron, who passed away from cancer in December 2015. The tournament organized, uh, recently formed by RB uh, Racing Charity, is a nonprofit that serves communities around Ron Bouchard's auto stores that bear his name. His wife and son uh, created the tournament. So, kind of a nice thing, kind of giving back. If you want to join us, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. We'll talk to you about your car, your car problems. Look up maybe recalls or technical service bulletins. If there's a particular problem, uh, opinion on something, I might have an opinion. Uh, Esquire Network has an, has its uh, series called Car Matchmaker, and uh, they have a, an episode that apparently is dedicated to minis. Uh, Esquire Network and Mini Cooper are which is part of BMW announced a partnership around an upcoming episode of the popular series Car Matchmakers. The episode uh, is going to air this Wednesday and will exclusively feature mini vehicles, including a mini Clubman, uh, mini John Cooper Works hardtop, and a mini Countryman Car Matchmaker. Begins with a look back at the classic legacy of the mini brand mini brand before show host Spike uh, helps determine which current model is right for the buyer. The episode will showcase a uh, number of features in mini vehicles, including the all-four all-wheel drive system, the iconic split rear doors of the Mini Clubman, and the sporty go-kart handling of the Mini John Cooper Works hardtop. Car Matchmaker is the ultimate opportunity for auto brands to showcase their vehicles to highly engaged audiences, according to uh, Laura Molin, Executive Vice President of Lifestyle Advertising Sales, NBC Universal. The partnership demonstrates the ability for NBC Universal portfolio to align any brand with their 
contextually relevant, relevant messaging, messaging with premium content. Another, another marketing person at work here. Um, I don't know. I kind of I have a mixed feeling about uh, when it's almost that much blatant advertising. You know, obviously that was a show that they worked with Minnie to create, and I'm sure Minnie uh, has, uh, you know, probably probably paid dearly for, to, to put that together. It's, uh, I don't know, it's, you see, you, I like it when it's just more subtle, you know, whether it's a TV show like Bones where all of a sudden they're driving Toyotas or they, you know, then they're driving General Motors cars or they're driving Toyotas again, whatever the case is. And, you know, uh, you know, things like that. I kind of like that rather than a whole episode about one brand. Let's talk to Howie. Howie? Yes, Howie's here. Yes, sir. Yeah, I had a question about the brake rotors on my uh, 2012 Frontier, and they're starting to build up corrosion on the uh, top of the rotors and starting to scrape the dust covers. Oh, yeah. I took the wheels off. Uh, I, I just bent the dust covers back a little bit with a screwdriver. So when I laughed for a while, they're starting to scrape again. Now I'm just listening to them. But uh, so I drive my car every day, but the, the corrosion sits on the top, and I have under 20,000 miles yeah. on the car in uh on the truck. So what else could you do except for uh, bend the dust covers back or take a grinder to the right? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, a grinder would be maybe. I'd, I'd worry a little bit. I'd, I'd try before I try to grinder. I'd try a really stiff wire brush. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, put it in an electric. Br- put it in a you know electric drill and you know knock. See if you can knock the rust off that way. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of room under there even when you take the ties off. Yeah, I know. I know. Light. Yeah, I mean, what you could do if you felt a little bit ambitious is you could pull the caliper off. That way you'd have that three inches of open space where the caliper sits. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah that's not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, you know, when, when rotors were actually made out of lots of metal and that would happen, we didn't get that fancy. We just we just uh, took a hammer and whacked the top of the rotor all the way around and knocked all the rust off it and put it back together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, I'm not concerned about it because I, I saw what was happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, but it, it's funny how this, you know, uh, you know, steel and iron. I don't know what it, it, it just, it's just a, it picks up a lot of rust these days. But yeah, I would before I before I went out there with an angle grinder or something, which might just be a little bit, you know, a little bit uh, too aggressive. Yeah, you're I'd, right. Yeah, I try, I try, you know, get get a really stiff wire brush and see what happens from there and if that doesn't do it if there's a real high spot then then whack it with the angle grinder and that's about it yeah i heard a guy talk about his and also about the uh, the dealers wanted to change fluids uh, my friend they wanted to change her um transmission fluid in the car only had forty thousand miles it was a 2010 mm. and i always tell her don't have anyone do anything unless it's an emergency so she called me up and i said i said was the fluid black he said is it burnt to ask him if it's burnt is it burnt no no it's just black it needs to be changed i goes forget it i goes don't don't let him do anything to the car <laughs> i goes you got the extended warranty on it anyway so mm. if it is burnt and it is black bring it back to the dealer so um i went up there two days later this stuff was nice and pink and red. Yeah. I put dipstick, wiped it on. I said, I told you to stay away from that guy. Yeah. I told you. And they weren't going to. She had her tires bought there. And they gave her the you know road hazard warranty she paid for. And then they wanted to charge her when she brought it in after that bad winter. She hit a pothole. The car was pulling. Mm. One of the wheels were out of balance. And they tried to charge her. I goes, you, you bought the road hazard warranty. You have the yeah. lifetime. Um, yeah. Lifetime alignment. I go, and the guy looked up at the computer, and he said, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot." Yeah, yeah. 
<coughs> Some of these places, the women really, um, they, they take advantage of Yeah, I, it's not just women, it's everybody. Hey, Howie, we got to go. We got to take a break. Okay, thank All you. right, thanks, Howie. Bye. Yep, bye-bye. We'll be right back. Do you dread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, Ira and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all of the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800-280-3517. That's 800-280-3517. Once again, it's that time of year to let us here at Salem Media say thank you to all of the Boston area pastors. Christian Radio is a voice of hope for our communities and our families. Pastors, join us Friday, October 7th at Lombardo's in Randolph from 10 a.m. till 2.30 p.m. as we celebrate our annual Pastors Appreciation Luncheon. This year's keynote speaker is focused on the family host, Jim Daly. I'm Jim Daly, president of Focus on the Family, and we appreciate the work they're doing, and we feel they've gone above and beyond when it comes to making a difference and helping families thrive. I hope you'll join me in thanking them for a job well done. To register for this luncheon, go to WEZERadio.com or WROLradio.com and click on the banner with Jim Daly and fill out our registration form. Pastors, make sure to save this date, Friday, October 7th. Come for the luncheon. Come to hear Jim Daly. Come to fellowship with other Boston area pastors. But come to let us show you how much you are appreciated. Sullivan Tire and Auto Service is proud to be New England's tire headquarters. And as the seasons change, now's the perfect time to stop in for tremendous tire deals. Now through October 3rd, save big on all Goodyear and Kelly tires in stock. Plus, save up to an additional $120 with mail-in rebate. And at Sullivan Tire and Auto Service, we'll keep your vehicle running right all season long. Stop in for our thorough factory-scheduled maintenance check. Our ASC certified technicians will do it all. Engine diagnostics, transmissions, brakes, batteries, steering and suspension, exhaust systems, wiper blades, winterizing, and much more. Now through October 3rd, your chance to save big on all Goodyear and Kelly tires. Just in time for the upcoming fall season. For details, see SullivanTire.com. Hi, this is Paul Sullivan of Sullivan Tire. You won't find a better place to buy tires in New England, and we will not be beat on price. Thank you. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it. We provide it. Sullivan Tire. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. Welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. Our phone number is 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. We have a line open for you if you would like to join us at 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Rick. Rick. Yeah. Hi, Mr. Paul. Yes, sir. Hi. Um, I'm calling to ask if, um, would you know if there's a fix for uh, 
um, a Chevian power fuel gauge that um, doesn't work. It goes completely erratic between full and empty all the time. I mean, um, is there uh, a simple repair for it? I do. Well, it's probably it's it's probably not a simple repair. Uh, what what year Impala is it? Twenty oh three. So 2003 Impala and the fuel gauge, it sometimes works, it sometimes doesn't. Is that what it is, or is it just never right? Uh, yeah, it's usually just never right. I kind of just um, uh, guess how much fuel is in the tank, and I go by the mileage, you know. Hey, have you run out yet? Oh, uh, yeah, once before. <laughs> but luckily, I ran out just about 500 feet from the gas station. Well, that's, 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 not, too, that's not too bad. Um, they had they had a fair amount of problems with the instrument clusters on that, so that's, that's going to be an expensive fix. Normally, though, um, the instrument cluster isn't, doesn't normally go bad. Usually it's a bad usually it's a bad um, fuel gauge sender, so the thing that sits in the trunk and there's a thing that sits in the gas tank and there's no easy fix for that. That's like a that's you know, the GM parts a couple hundred bucks, you're looking at a couple hours labor to pull the tank. Um, you know, you gotta drain a little bit of gas out of it or or come in as empty as possible. So you but you're still probably looking at a couple hours worth of labor and a couple hundred bucks, uh, you might be able to find a aftermarket sender for probably half that. But no matter what, you're probably looking at three hundred dollars. Wow! Yeah. Uh, to, to the yeah. Whole repair. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing you might get lucky for is um, if, for some reason, the the gas tank lost its ground somewhere. Everything's grounded in a car and for a circuit to work right um, it's got to be grounded properly and if the ground is broken off or rusted or rusted off or something like that that could be the problem but you're going to have to get it up in the air and look at it and unfortunately usually the problem is you got to get the tank down a little bit so you can look at the rest of the wiring. Oh wow. Yeah. But I mean the, the, the easy fix and it's no different than it has been forever you disconnect the you disconnect the sender and you short it and see if it goes to full, see if it goes to empty. If it does that pretty pretty regularly, then you know you got a bad fuel sender in the tank. Oh, wow. All right. Well, thanks. Okay. All right. Take care. Let's go talk to Anthony now. Anthony? Hi, John. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I always enjoy your show. Thank you. Uh, hopefully you can be some help here. Um, my son had recently bought a 2009 Ford Explorer from a you know reputable dealer, he yep. has three or four sites, and he also bought the extended warranty. Now he brought it to another uh, uh, repair station, and he had some brake work done on the car. Shortly after that, he's starting to have trouble with the, uh, the rear tra- transmission. Is four wheel drive? Okay. So this fellow said to him, "I think you got some big trouble here." So he went back to this dealer. And they keep giving him the runaround. Uh, there's only one person here that can evaluate uh, hmm. extended warranty repairs. Can anything? Can AAA do anything for him? He is a member. Is it? Uh, is it a AAA warranty? Uh, no, it's no? not. No. Is it? Is it a AAA shop? Uh, I'm not sure. Pro- I yeah. really use car dealer. Yeah. Yeah. Pro- you know, probably not. I mean, if he wants to, I, you know, it sounds like, you know, I, and honestly, I don't know why they, they're trying to give him a hard time. They're going to get paid yeah, for I it. If there's, either. 
if they you know if it's a bad transmission or you know differential or whatever the case is yeah. um they're going to get paid for it so why not get paid for it yeah. and you know get it done and get it fixed so does he uh, have to go back to this particular dealer or can he go to one or any repair shop that would honor this uh you know aftermarket warranty normally if it's an aftermarket warranty unless it specifically says you have to go back to a certain dealer um, no. In fact, when I was at Junior's Automotive getting my inspection sticker on Wednesday, there was a woman who came in there and she had an aftermarket warranty and had the book all there. And he said, he said, let's see. He said, I don't know what they'll I don't know what they'll do, but, you know, let me look it over for you and check out what it is. So um, and he was going to call the warranty company on her behalf. OK. Yeah. So generally, that's like the warranty, the warranty, like the we sell at work. Um, they they. You can go to anybody. So, you know, unless it's something that the that, that particular car dealer set up that only that requires you to go back to just them, but that's not usually the case. You can go anywhere. Okay. I should so I should find out whatever other details are involved. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you can have them have them give you know, if you want, have them give me a call at work or send me an email or something. I'll I'll you know, once we get off the phone I'll give out my email and phone number at work, okay? Okay, gee, that's great. Uh, all right. All right, Thank take you so care. Yep. Bye bye. For people who need to get a hold of me during the week, um, I'm in our Rhode Island office mostly. My extension is 2121. So however you call AAA, so whether you call the road service number, 1-800-AAA-HELP, the direct number, 401-868-2000, all you really need to remember is 2121, 2121, and you'll get me, and I'll try to get back to you. Or my email at work is jpaul, J-P-A-U-L, at AAA Northeast, spell out the word northeast.com. So jpaul at AAA Northeast.com. Uh, or you can always find my website, which I, I'm all excited about having and haven't done a thing with it. It's johnknowscars.net, but there is a way to email me through there as well. Why don't we take another break? And when we come back, we'll talk to David. We'll be right back. the car buying experience would you like to save time money eliminate stress and positively know you got the best deal possible welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the car consultancy with over 20 years of car buying know-how iron and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all of the details from start to finish for more information go to the car consultancy.com or call 800-280-3517 that's 800 800- Two eight zero three five one seven. 
Step into a world rich in history with the authenticity of a real Irish pub where spirits are high and everyone is family. Bunratty Tavern, Boston's favorite Irish pub and restaurant on the North Shore, a short 15-minute drive up 93 North, worth the drive to sit outside in our beautiful patio and have a drink or two. Traditional dishes like shepherd's pie, corned beef and cabbage, beef stew, and our popular steak tips, chicken and salmon dishes, dinner specials every weekend, open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner on Saturdays and Sundays starting at 10 a.m., including our famous full Irish and tableside omelets. This weekend, Boxty on Saturday, Sunday, our traditional Irish session 2 to 6, and the annual Reading Street Fair is right outside our front door. Next weekend, we celebrate halfway to Patty's Day on Saturday starting at 2 with music and dancing, Guinness glass etching, and the Jolly Tinkers from 8 to close. All things Irish at BunratyTavern.com or 781-779-8245. Sullivan Tire and Auto Service is proud to be New England's tire headquarters. And as the seasons change, now's the perfect time to stop in for tremendous tire deals. Now through October 3rd, save big on all Goodyear and Kelly tires in stock. Plus, save up to an additional $120 with mail-in rebate. And at Sullivan Tire and Auto Service, we'll keep your vehicle running right all season long. Stop in for our thorough factory-scheduled maintenance check. Our ASC certified technicians will do it all. Engine diagnostics, transmissions, brakes, batteries, steering and suspension, exhaust systems, wiper blades, winterizing, and much more. Now through October 3rd, your chance to save big on all Goodyear and Kelly tires. Just in time for the upcoming fall season. For details, see SullivanTire.com. Hi, this is Paul Sullivan of Sullivan Tire. You won't find a better place to buy tires in New England, and we will not be beat on price. Thank you. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it. We provide it. Sullivan Tire. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL and AM 1260 WBIX. Uh, next week, we will be talking to somebody from a company called, I can't even pronounce it. It's Mychanic. It's like mechanic, only my, and then canic, something. But they sent me a couple things to try out, Some uh, an LED light, which I really like, like a work light. Uh, a 12-volt impact gun, which I've been playing with a little bit, and a set of jumper cables that actually winds up into a little reel, and those we're going to give away. So we're going to give the jumper cables away to a listener next week. And I think the week after that, we're going to be talking to the president and CEO of the Busted Knuckle Garage. That's the uh, guy who sells all kinds of cool little automotive novelties, uh, and one tool. He sells one tool, I think, which is a, a little magnet you put on the end of your finger oh, yes. to pick up nuts and bolts. Um, but he has these signs like, uh, you know, uh, old-timey shop signs and things and bar stools. And it just sounds like an interesting company. He wants he wants to work with us. And, hey, anybody who he, he found our podcast, which uh, if you want the podcast, it's, uh, it's uh, my podcast site. You can find podcasts on WROL Radio, too. But if you're looking for my podcast site, it's johnfpaul.podomatic.com, and you can find it there. It's also on another uh, site, too. Hmm. Hmm. And you say, why are you saying that? Well, I just saw Johnny Costello pull up. 
And I wonder if he's filling in for Paul Sullivan today. Could be. Well, I saw saw him out early this morning sorting the mail. Let's talk to David. David. Hi, John. How are you? Good. How are you? Listen, I have a 2010 Camry, and it's a dynamite car. And uh, I'm I'm over 200, so when I get into the car, I put my uh, elbow on the console. Yep. Well, uh, over over time, I have broken the underlying plastic. Mm-hmm. It comes in two parts. So I'm trying to find uh, the uh, the top that goes on to the bottom piece of plastic. And I brought it up to the dealer, and they told me it's worth 200 bucks. I can't believe that. So, is there any place that I can go or online? I bought something from Casey Whitney. Yeah, no, I would try. I would try a couple different places. I would try. There's a website that deals in used parts called Parts Train. So, the word parts and train, T R A I N. So, just like that, they deal in used parts. I would also try eBay. You never know what shows up on eBay. Okay. And you could probably buy the whole, you know, the whole cover with the, you know, both pieces as one one unit. Okay. Um, and find it that way. Um, you know, and then just plain old junkyard. You never know. Oh, I haven't gone to the one in Brockton in a long time. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, don't go to the one in Chuckrins. They just had a fire. But, uh, oh, okay. yeah, but uh, no, you, you might even try that because you might find that, you know, that's that's one way, you know, that's one way that you can... You know, save a little bit of money, but I would I would try try the try parts train because they they deal they deal specifically in aftermarket and used parts. But I would also try I would also try um, eBay because I found I'm I've been amazed at the amount of stuff that shows up on eBay. Right, and and I I'm amazed how easy it is to buy something online. Oh yeah, I mean I'm 73 and I just want to. I want to look at the person I'm buying it from, but J.C. Whitney was a pleasure to do business. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing how you know. And I've I've talked to people that can't get their car fixed because the dealer says we don't have the parts. They're on back order. We're on this to that, and they're saying, "Oh yeah, maybe in a month we can get your car fixed." And oh. sure enough, the the same exact part is available on eBay. Yeah, for instance, I, my my wife has a 2003 Honda, and she broke the rear tail lights somehow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Call Whitney. They, they, you know, they yep. interviewed me. Fifty six bucks. Yep. No. No. Same thing with, uh, you know, Rock Auto is one of my favorite places to go to for new parts. Uh, they have a ton of parts there. But I think for a body part like that, try Parts Train and then try eBay. Just uh, have somebody, okay. ser- you know, search on eBay for that part. Uh, be surprised if you don't find it. You know, it's a dynamite car. Toyota Camry. Yep. Great. You know, they're they're. Uh, you can't get much more dependable. No, really I good got car. One hundred and twenty thousand miles. Yep. Nope. Good car. Hey. No. All right. One, Take one, care one, now. One, one final. Oh car. sure. I went into the dealer and I uh, I was thinking of getting a new one. And I said to him, "How much would you give me for this car?" I paid twenty thousand. Yep. He said four thousand. Four thousand. He said I can drive <laughs> yeah. another eighty thousand. Yeah. 4, yeah. Drive 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 it for ten more years. <laughs> okay. Good to talk. To All you right. Take care. Bye bye now. Let's go over to Paul. Paul. Good morning, John. Good morning, sir. How are you? Oh, great. Good. I was waiting for a click. I didn't hear it, but that's okay. That's all right. Um, Karen, the, Karen's got that silent clicker thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it just totally confused me. But uh, the uh, uh, yesterday, uh, Thursday, I took my car uh, back to the Mosque to uh, uh, get an oil change. Yeah. that done, and they uh, they also uh, replaced the, what they call the serpentine belt. Yep. 
mm-hmm. um, which was showing vertical cracks on it. So uh, they said it was about time at 55,000 miles. So I did that. That's okay. Um, is that appropriate at that? Because uh, what, what year is your car? Uh, 2009. Yeah. I, and I was going to say, I, I, you know... You know, we've we've been we've been radio friends long enough. I remember when you bought that car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, miles on. Yeah, but the uh, you know, I at fifty five or sixty thousand miles, you, you know, could it have lasted longer? Maybe, but if you're starting to see some cracks, it's money well spent. Now, the thing they wanted me to do and I didn't get done. They said uh, I should get the fuel injector serviced today, which is to blow out all the uh, the fuel injector. Yeah, it fits right up there with uh, wallet flushing. That's what exactly what I thought, you know. Yeah. And, you know? Well, yeah. you'll improve your mileage and you know... Yeah, use good gas and, and, uh, and you know, maybe a bottle of Tecron once a year and call it a day. That's right. In I fact, think. I'm willing to bet if I spent enough time looking in Mazda's website, it probably says they don't recommend using fuel injector cleaner. Really? Yeah, I mean, uh, that type of fuel flush like that. What would it hurt the car? Um, they they just don't. They may say they may have it for, you know, who knows, probably not hurt the car, but they they're probably thinking that it could you know it could affect uh, their customer relationship. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. someone else told me that uh, if you do that, you could have uh, uh, subsequent subsequent problems. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Other than you're going to be a hundred and forty dollars poorer. Well, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, thanks. No, I, know. No. I, can, I, I can visually see a worn belt, but um, yeah. Now, uh, fuel injector cleaner. I, I mean, I've I've used fuel injector cleaner setups before, and I've seen some that you know the the engine's really in tough shape, valves are all bad, EGR passageways are clogged, and that that helps to some extent. But if the car's running good and it's been running good, and you've been using, you know. Decent gas in the car. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. Good, you know. Thank you yep. very much. Okay. Don't fix it. Thanks very All right. much. Take care. Okay, bye bye, Paul. Uh, we got two minutes left. Let's see if we can do David real quick. David. I'll make it quick. Uh, All right. What was the fellow's problem with the uh, gas tank thing there? You had to get to the sender? Yes. Uh, many cars, like a Toyota, the one that's best engineered of all cars in the world, I swear. Uh, they have an opening. Yet. They do right in front of the tank. Yep. After all your sanders and everything else are right there. Very easy. Isn't that, isn't that smart of them? I've actually cut holes in trunks before. That's exactly right. Yeah. Similar like the old heaters. You used to cut the plastic out instead of going all through tearing your dash part. Yep, exactly. And make a little door out of it. Yeah, but that's right. That's right. Oh, and wow. and if you can save if you can save a customer a couple hours labor and they don't mind it, you know. Put back together a little bit of a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, caulking and some undercoating, and no one ever knows it's been done. What was this last fellow's problem, David? There with the plastic on plastic. Can he use an epoxy and put the two things together? Uh, maybe you know he 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 said he's uh, you know a two hundred pound guy, so maybe it's pretty well broken. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. He's been sitting on the wrong roost. Yeah, it? that might be it. All right. Take <laughs> care now. Yeah. Yep. Bye bye. Bye. Hey, look, it's John Costello. Hi. He's right there. Right there. Filling in, filling in, I guess. Where's uh, Where's Paul Sullivan? I don't know where the other doctor is. No? No. no. Got the call yesterday. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a doctor now. You Should know, he make something up? He's probably playing golf. In-house, like, appointment or something? Like, house call. 
Yeah, it could be. Could Why be. Not? He could be. Yeah, Doctor Paul Sullivan could be doing that. Who knows? You know, who knows? He could be. Uh, yeah, let's make up something really good. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, he's just so smart. So yeah. I don't know. He's super tutoring somebody. He prob- probably probably or or he's uh, you know maybe he's um, he might be, he might he might be he might uh-huh. be trying he might be trying to you know cure some disease. Could be anything. He's capable of that. He probably, he probably is. is. Probably is. Or or you know he could be. Uh, you know, he might he might have on his way here. You know, saved a school bus full of nuns from some disaster, and you know, he's yeah. Who knows? You never know. Hey, nuns. He probably he probably isn't actually. Now that I think about it. Hey, well, we got to get going because Johnny Costello's here, and he's filling in for Paul Sullivan. And it is the Irish Hit Parade coming up next. The very best in Irish music heard right here on AM nine fifty WROL or WROLradio.com. Till next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye bye.